All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite city. I am devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa, and we are back together. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's been uh, a, a minute since since we've hung out, so it's nice to be here again uh, with you, my friend. So You're back we, from the great white north. I, uh, yeah, from, uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, packed my car and have a yad and, uh, you know, went down to the hub and had some chatter. Yeah, so Boston, was, the uh, whitest of the north. The That's... whitest of the north. <laughs> yeah, so, somehow still whiter than Canada. Right. Uh, don't, don't know how, um, I, I went to, uh, uh, I went to visit Boston college because nice. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, a thing there and, um, it was the whitest place I'd ever been. Oh yeah. Not one minority. Um, <laughs> that that's not true. There were a couple of Asians around and, uh, I think I saw, uh, one or two black people, uh, uh, from afar, <laughs> uh and 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 that was it not one i was the only latino there <laughs> um, i was like ah oh, this is what it feels like outside of my head <laughs> so, yeah like i've got i've got it i got a, i've got a bunch of family like in boston still and from the boston area and they're you know they're they're super full-blooded italian and and very proud yeah. of it and i'm like yeah but y'all white <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah, and I, I I love how Latino I am. Like I am Cuban, but uh, but also white. You know, <laughs> um, you know, um, and not not as white as uh, as they are in Baston, but uh, right, but pretty, pretty white. So um, so anyway, uh, I am back uh from the great white north, and we are here today to talk about what I think is, uh, or who I think is one of the most divisive directors of all time, M Night Shyamalan. Um, anytime he comes out with a new movie, I feel like people are like, oh, it's Shyamalan. Right. right? Cause you never know he's, he's hit and miss. And I feel like everyone feels that way about Shyamalan. Yeah. The thing is, there's no agreement as to which one is hit and hitch, which one is miss. That's the argument. Like I always have with people that exact thing. Cause I'm always like, sure. You can talk shit about the happening, right? That movie mm -hmm. sucks. But, and I always say, like, but Shyamalan is more hits than misses. And then we start breaking it down, and nobody agrees about what are the hits yeah. and misses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's bizarre. Do you, do you have a favorite one outside of this one? I, I, I don't want to know what, what um, you think about this one yet. It's, it's tough to go against the Sixth Sense just yeah. because that was the first one that just really just blew my nips off <laughs> um, when it got to the end. And that just, and it set an impossibly high bar for, you know, yeah. what this guy was going to do with movies. Um, I, but I, I just, like I said, when I go through them, I end up checking a lot more hits, but yeah, when it, I really think that it boils down to the sixth sense for, for so many reasons. I do love that one. I think it does for me as well. Uh, I am a fan of the village. 
I, like I the am village too. A lot. That's that's one you that's when you get a lot of backlash about when you tell people you like the village. Yeah, and I'm one of those guys who uh, believes that he stole the premise uh, from uh, a book called um, Out of the Past or Out of Time or something like that. I can't remember. I read it in middle school, and it's the exact same premise. I thought you exactly were going to say Fern Gully. Uh, no, <laughs> no, that's Avatar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Avatar is Fern Gully. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and, and as silly as it is, I like signs. You know, um, I like signs. Yeah, Dude, unbreak- that that unbreakable is awesome. That two and a half seconds of the alien like walking oh. by in front of the girl. That is still one of the scariest things he's ever put on yeah. film. It 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 really is. And the scene in the uh, in the basement. Yeah, really good. And and I and I think that that's something that he does really well is that I think that he is a good filmmaker. His movies yeah. are tense. His movies are fun. His movies are exciting that they hinge on a twist that may or may not work for you. I think that's that's really what it boils down to. Uh, so when you do have a movie where it's like, OK, it was subpar, like the happening, it's like, OK, not even a twist is going to right to save this thing. Um, but I mean, I like I liked the visit. I thought the visit yep. was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed old. The only I haven't thing seen with, it yet. The only thing with old is I won't say too much, but I'll say this. The only thing with old is you can enjoy old when you watch it. But if we were to do a show like this about the movie old where we start peeling back layers, that bad boy gets rotten fast. Like me and my parents <laughs> were talking about old. It's like, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. And it was like, except for this. And except for that, and I was like, we should stop because I yeah. enjoy it old, and I don't yeah. want to watch it again. But I also would like to not destroy it because that is old is surface level good, and as soon as you start peeling, it's like mm, maybe this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and and I think that we may have that situation here. I haven't given this one too much thought, but Knock at the Cabin is this newest one, and um, I think it's more horror than we normally get from him think so yeah uh because uh, he definitely his his work borders on horror right uh, a lot often i think it does uh you know it kind of straddles that thriller horror line well this one i think ventures fairly deep into the horror realm agreed um so we've talked a little bit about him in general how'd you feel about this one so i very purposefully avoided any and all media of any sorts about this Mm -hmm. movie. I treat Shyamalan movies the same way I treat um, Christopher Nolan movies. The less Mm -hmm. I know going into them, the better. And I'm good with that. So the only trailer I ever saw for this was the very first one that basically was just like, Dave Bautista's in this and it's called Knock at the Cabin. I was like, okay, great. Like I'm I'm good with both of those things, right? Uh, So I I had no idea what to really expect going into it. And I found myself engrossed in this movie for good reasons and bad that we'll get to. But this was a movie where I ended up not taking a lot of notes because I just didn't take my eyes off the screen. Mm-hmm. And, and, as I, and as I've been separated from it for 24 hours now, I've, I've found different reasons why I didn't look away. But I, I think when it all is said and done, I... I enjoyed this movie. I think that there's something to be said here about whether or not the twist is a lack of twist, right? Right. Like, and and I, that's the 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 subversion of expectations that you find there is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that there were. I thought that there was some great acting in this. Mm-hmm. I um, I loved and 
and this is, I, I don't know. Th- it was very interesting to me to have a gay couple at the forefront of a movie when their, their sexuality was, was almost a, a side note. Like it, it mm. just, it only figured in just a little bit, even when like one of the characters tried to make it something it was immediately dismissed as as having nothing to do with anything and i i enjoyed that right because it's it's good to just see representation that's not that's not over the top just to to force the fact that you're showing representation mm-hmm. um i mean and i'm not one of these people who's like oh they're always shoving it in my face like i don't, I don't give a shit like who your lead couple is mm-hmm. and and that was kind of the the road they took with this it reminded me a lot about how in uh in schitt's creek right in schitt's creek they always talk yeah. like schitt's creek is like this world where just nobody cared what anybody's sexuality was and right. and it was like even when it would kind of come up everybody would be like yeah no we there there's it's no big deal that means nothing mm-hmm. and that that was a thing in this so i enjoyed that i um like i said i thought there were some good performances here and the way that, like like you said man the way that Shyamalan just shoots movies there are just so many great scenes in this movie mm-hmm. that are just picturesque i mean from the very beginning the very first time that you see leonard uh batista's character it's this extreme close-up where his head is filling like 85% of your screen. You can't even yeah. see the whole thing. And then it's uncomfortable. And and everything behind him is blurry. So you have no choice but to focus on him. And and just little things like that all throughout this movie, it made it a good watch. And like you said, we can as when we get into story, you know, we start talking about some of the things that I'm sure make this movie divisive. I think that it's something that I think that it's something that nobody's going to look away from. I think it's a movie that everybody's going to finish. And there's something to be said for that because I know plenty of people who turned off the happening because you're uh-huh. just like, it, nothing in this matters for anything. And you didn't uh, miss much if you kept watching. No, you really didn't. <laughs> um, but this is one that I think it, it is, whether or not when it's when the credits roll, you like it, I think that it is going to enthrall for an hour and 40 minutes. And that's something that can't be overstated. I, and, and I mostly feel that that same way. Um, I think I may have liked this a little more than you did. Um, and, and I think that this is one of his better ones specifically because he's playing on, which he did do in the happening, but I think that he did it to, um, he did it with more style and class in this movie than he did in the happening. The happening to me was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sensational. There we go. Okay. And, um, and, and, and this, I don't think was, he's playing on a lot of the fears that we have today. Right. In this, at least that's the way I read this movie. Um, and, and beyond that, beyond tapping into some very real and, topical issues from today he's i think that uh, i i don't want to call him a master of his craft because i mean let's if he was every movie would be a hit right right? um but he knows how to use a camera and he knows how to affect feelings in the viewer um maybe not to the degree that spielberg does because when spielberg wants you to cry he snaps his fingers and you cry yes right every time um, every time 
Yeah, and when Wes Craven wants you to pull the covers up tight, you do. You know, uh, these are the masters of their craft. Um, maybe not a master, but he knows exactly how to make you feel what he wants you to feel. Right. Uh, if you're buying into the premise, the the opening scene here, the one you were talking about with with Batista and um, when uh, the, uh, and yeah, the the girl that plays when I can't remember her name. Let me pull up the the actors here. Um, Kristen Cole is thank you. Or, no, not Cole. That's an I. Excuse me. Quee, 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 yeah, yeah, Kristen Quee. Um, that is a great scene, yeah, and the tension kept mounting because I didn't know if I could trust Batista, uh, and I assumed I couldn't, but the more he spoke, the more I wanted to trust him, and the way it was filmed was was fantastic, it was yes. really, really great. It was it was it was one one of those scenes that I think I won't soon forget because of the little camera tricks that he did, which um, it, I mean, it's it, it, it's basic photography. It's photography 101. You do certain things to disorient your viewer, to make your viewer feel uncomfortable. And he did all these things. And it's really kind of textbook. So it doesn't make it genius. But to use it to the effect that he did as effectively as he did. That is a little genius, I think. Oh, yeah, dude. It's it's like how you can watch an amazing artist do something with the same watercolors that my pre-K kids are using. And suddenly yeah. they're creating masterpieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and, and I, th I think that that's what this was, is, is this was an exercise in tension. In tension that had, I think, a decent story and some really good acting some great economy of characters and economy of space um i i it's been a while since i've referenced it but um we have to do something right yeah i think this is the like ultimate version of that i can see where that. uh it, it's kind of like a bottle film every almost everything takes place inside that cabin uh and inside the same room in the cabin really yeah so, like, that is an incredible feat because I feel incredible depression about all the things that's going around the world. And yet I'm in a room and claustrophobia is not one of the fears that I'm feeling there. Right. So it was it was a really great way to utilize space in a really different way because you're constantly seeing the outside and yet you're trapped. You really yeah. are trapped. So it's uh, it, I I really like this movie. I don't know how high I'm going to go. It's not going to get a perfect score because it's not a perfect movie. Right. But I really did like this one. Well, and, you know, I'll, we talked about it. One of the things that's always going to be the spot that people are going to argue about whether or not uh, a Shyamalan movie is good is you're going to see if he succeeds at two simple things. A simple premise that follows through with a bold ending. I mean, that's, that's what Shyamalan movies do. The simple premise of the sixth sense, the kid sees dead people and then, and then it, and then it goes off. And so from all of these things, when we look at these Shyamalan movies, how well does he take, I mean, it, this, this is based on a novel called the cabin at the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And based on is I've read the cabin at the end of the world. Oh, okay. I have very loosely based on like the, okay. <laughs> the, like the opening premise is the same. And then everything else, he was like, all right, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. I'll, I got it from you. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, how, how well does he pull this off? How does the story work for you? 
I think the story works for me in a big way. And I think that that's part of the reason why I like this so much because um, all of his effective techniques can only work if there's a story that works with it. Um, So uh, something that like does resonate with me with the happening is like, I do like the premise of like the nature fighting back. Right. That's a great premise, but the twist is stupid because um like it it, it's really just an hour and 20 minutes of people you know dying uh killing themselves and then it's like oh by the way it was the trees it was the trees yeah it's like i figured that out like 40 minutes ago man (laughs) really you know um what i love here is that at least the way that i approached this movie is that uh, and I think it's the way that he wants it to be approached because it's it's uh, suggested there, right? Um, that these guys are, you know, possibly some sort of like conspiracy theory uh, nut jobs. Yeah, some, they're QAnon. They QAnon people. Board. Yeah, and 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 that's precisely what this was. I think I think that we saw both sides of of a coin here, where yeah. we saw like the QAnon people, and then we saw the. The minority who sees persecution everywhere, right? Um, and 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 I like that this took such a critical eye at like both sides of of of, of a spectrum, really, right? Um, and like I'm definitely one of these guys who will more often than not say, "Yeah, you're being persecuted there," right? Or, I'm being persecuted or whatever, right? Uh, because I see prejudice everywhere. I do, um, unfortunately. But that can be taken to an extreme as well, where you're seeing things in places where there aren't in the same way that like the QAnon crowd is seeing things in places where they aren't. And and I, I really love that as much as it seems like there might be some vision here that's tying all these things together, if you remove that narrative from here, could it be a bunch of coincidences? Right. You know? You know, because like there's people that are like, oh, yeah, the, the COVID thing was all orchestrated. And, you know, the you know, it's all happening at the same time as the war in Ukraine and then the economy and because the Illuminati and because this and that. And it's like, bro, you're fucking nuts. Right. Right. When you start to like make sense of all this stuff, it's like, OK, maybe you can thread a couple of these things together. But can you really thread them all together? And we're really only talking about four different events here. Yeah. So those are like four really specific things that aren't actually that specific because like you say that you saw these things, but did you see something that could be interpreted as this thing? And that's what one of the things they say. And then also like is are you influencing each other? Right. Right. Are, are you so certain of the timeline? Because even Batista at one point is like, no, I think I, I think we found each other. No, 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 no. It was the other way. Right. And then he's trying to convince himself. Yeah. You know, it was this and not this other thing, you know, and then they're not all who they say they are. Right. Because uh, because Ron Weasley ends up being the guy who attacked them earlier. Yep. But is that a coincidence as well? You know, did he orchestrate all this as a way to get back at, at, at a guy that he hates for, you know, being a being gay at a bar right. you know, uh, years ago or like. Does he really truly believe this? And this is a coincidence. And I think that that is at the heart of the story is that we find horror in places where there really is no horror. 
right? If I go out on the street and I get hit by a car, I got hit by a car. And that's not a horror story. But it is if I paint it that way. Right. And um, that there's, you know, uh, evil in this world that is working against us. If you paint it that way, sure, people are, some people might believe you. And the person who ends up sacrificing himself because he believes in it is the guy who was a believer all along, you know? Right. And, 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 and then his husband is trying to he keep celebrating. Don't talk to him. You talk to me. Mm-hmm. Because he knows that he's going to go down that road. So I, I really love the premise because I, I still don't know if in the, the context of the world of Knock at the Cabin, if all of this was because they would not make a decision or if it's just coincidence and all this stuff is just happening because bad shit happens all the time. Good yeah. shit happens all the time, too. You know, um, I don't know. I, I really like the story. I love that there's really not a definitive ending here. Um, and I like that there's not even a twist where it's just like, yeah, no bad shit was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there's 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 a case to be made for the fact that the 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 twist is at the beginning of this movie yeah. when, you know, just when it's all laid out there. Like when, when just everything is laid out, like the, 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 the twist is like the twist is I just told you the truth. Mm-hmm. The, the twist is that all of this is happening exactly for the reasons that we're saying it. And, and if you choose to see it that way, then then there there is absolutely an argument there for the fact that he he subverted it by laying everything out at the very beginning, which is the antithesis of what we've come to expect from a Shyamalan movie. Hmm. You, we, we get all of the information in the first couple of minutes, and then we just see it play out. And I, I did not, I tried, let me not say I did not, I tried to not sit around waiting for the twist i really did try that and and it it it, but it's always there in the back of your head Hmm. you know uh we're talking about movies that 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 people argue they're hits or misses i like lady in the water and and i you know that's one where there is they're really they're kind of there's like a little twist right but i Hmm. but it's not really a twist it's just a miss it's just a misconception but again so and ever since that one i've been like okay so this dude can tell a story Hmm. and it doesn't have to hinge on that so I, I tried not to sit and, and wonder when it happened, but it's still always kind of there. So then you get to the end and they've, they've made the sacrifice they've chosen and one, one did it to the other. And, and then the thing stopped happening mm-hmm. and you, and you say to yourself is, is the, is, is the joke on me? Was was I, was I so ready for them to explain away all of this with something that then when they didn't, I don't know if I feel satisfied in that or if it feels underwhelming. And that's the, that's the thing that, I, that I've sat with for 24 hours is was I underwhelmed by the ending of this movie? And not just a lack of twist, but just the way that it ended. Mm-hmm. And so as, as I've sat with that and, and I've thought about the fact that, you know, Bautista ends up sacrificing himself. And yes, I know his name's Leonard in the movie, but he's Bautista. He's Bautista. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so Bautista ends up sacrificing himself. They uh, they they choose one of the one of the husbands, one of the dads uh, to die. And they they drive off. They find out 
all of the stuff is stopping. The, the virus has been contained. The planes aren't crashing anymore. The lightning strikes have stopped. The waters are receding from the tsunamis. So all of these things that seem to align with the sacrifices that were made are ending. And mm. so there's this, there's this moment where you're, but also you're seeing this from the perspective of a man who just lost his husband and a daughter who just lost her dad. And so there's this weird battle that's going on inside of you where possibly they just saved the world and this is a happy ending, but Shyamalan's not going to let you just sit with that. He's going to give you that final scene where the dad and the daughter are back and forth between whether or not they're going to listen to the song from the mm -hmm. earlier scene. And that was, it was at the same time, heartwarming and unsettling. It was an unspoken moment that shows how quickly your feelings when dealing with grief can change, especially when they're brand new, fresh wounds. Yeah. And, and that scene, if it had ended in the diner, I would be ready to shit on the ending of this movie. But that scene in the car was powerful and not a word spoken. And I loved that so much. I did really like how I liked the, the storytelling element of the one guy who ends up buying in is also the one who gets concussed. And so mm -hmm. again, you're still never really sure he's, I saw a figure. Yeah. But the nurse had said that you're concussed and you're going to mm -hmm. be sensitive to light. They, he plants, just enough seeds of doubt in everything that is said and everything that's done. And I think that that was a storytelling muscle that we had not seen Shyamalan flex before this movie. There's, there's a lack of one major twist, but because of that, when it's over, you're left questioning because you can go back into this movie and you can find every time that something happened and you can find a way that maybe it's just a coincidence. Like you said, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, correlation is not causality, right? Is that it? Like that's yeah. And that's the thing, right? Yes, these things lined up. And yes, they always manage to turn on the TV at the right time. But also, yes, yeah, sometimes just like a lot of bad shit happens at one time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, news and, and there's a lot of bad shit going on. Then there's just a lot of stuff for news outlets to cover. Oh, hey there, Ish. Good to see you. We got Ish chiming in. Says, hey there, boys. Good nice. to see you, Ish. Hey, bud. Um, so it, it's, there's, there's something really interesting in that. And there's, there's a lot of things to say about Shyamalan movies, but a word that you don't throw around a lot is subtle. And this is a movie that is brutal in its subtlety. Uh, it's this, we, we talked about his filmmaking. This is a movie that doesn't show you things that you expect to be seen, that you expect to see, mm -hmm. but then takes time to show you scenes that almost seem like they don't matter. And it, it creates an atmosphere of confusion but in a good way and of, of just uh, of tension. And I, I really did like the story 
because it would be easy to really hammer home the fact that these guys are are essentially a caricature of well, I would say caricature, but they they have killed people of what QAnon of yeah. what 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 QAnon followers could be. Mm-hmm. But I love that you brought up the fact that it shines an equal amount of spotlight on the other end of that spectrum, which is the people who find a reason to always think that the world against is, is against them because they're in the minority. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up telling this really fascinating story that in a very Lost-esque way doesn't tie up all the loose ends, but it ties up enough of them to feel as though you have been served a satisfying beginning, middle, and end. And that's something really cool. And so I've, I like I said, I just, I was enthralled. I, I mm. kept, I, I desperately wanted to know whether or not these people were legit, whether or not they were who they said they were, because you got the girl talking, I've got a son, his name's Charlie, and and I need you to do this for him. And then, and he's like, I, and then after she goes, I didn't, I didn't believe for a second that she even had a son, and Leonard, what's going on? But then you see their IDs at the end, and you find out they were a nurse. It's all right. Yeah. They are a coach. Mm-hmm. And it and it ties up those ends that you need to have tied up without ever using some sort of deus ex that explains why they're doing it, except for the fact that they just fell down a weird Internet rabbit hole. And maybe this was the time that it was right. And and that's for me, the thing that um, that I really enjoy most about this is that, like, I, I know people who. I believe are smart people. Yes. Mostly logical people who buy into the, 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 the QAnon thing. Right. And I'm like, but I don't get it. Like you're an actuary or you're a a lawyer or you're a doctor or you're whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a, a, a teacher, a scientist, even. How does that happen? You know, how, how, so do, how, how do you as a what, what was he a second grade teacher? Right. Leonard. Uh, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, he's, he's a second grade teacher. Like you are an educated person. Like you can't be a teacher without having at least a bachelor's degree. Right. You have to have gone to university. You have to have learned how to teach, you know, so you understand how people reach you. Um, it's chiming in, <laughs> wanting to know why you're attacking him personally. Right now. <laughs> um, uh, I'm always thinking about you. That's why I'm sorry. Um, Look, any, anybody who's been on issues, Instagram thinks about him way more than they probably need to. Um, or exactly as much. as they need to. <laughs> um, You know, I'd say, I don't get it. You know, as, as a nurse, like you, you would think like you, you have to be an intelligent person. Like you right. have to, like you how you hold people's lives in your hands. How do you fall for stuff like this? Right. And, and, and then of course there's the idea, well, maybe they didn't fall for it. Like maybe it is true. Right. You know, it's like at, at, at one point people looked at Galileo, like, bro, you are fucking insane, man. What are you talking about? No, no, no. The earth is flat. And that's it. 
what's this crackpot shit about it being a globe? Yeah. You know? Um, and people cut on to that, you know, and, and now there's no way that you look at someone who says, no, the earth is flat and it's under a dome. And uh, <laughs> it's you on know, the back a, of a giant space turtle. Yeah. The, the Arctic wall. And they don't want you to find out. And who's they? Well, you know, you, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know who they, they are. It's just them. You know? Yeah. It's just them. You know, so I, I, I really like this thing because it kind of forces you to look at the sides that you don't typically look at and give any credit to and say, well, maybe there is something there, right? Because um, what was uh, Daddy Andrew's name, uh, that actor? Ben Aldridge, um, you know, his his character, Andrew, ends up being right about who this guy is. He's like, no, that's yeah. him. That's him. And he attacked me, you know, and it was a hate crime. And here he is again. Why am I supposed to believe that that's coincidence? You know, he's really right there. Except that if you're looking at the knockers as people who are like there with glorious purpose, then it kind of is coincidence. You know, so so who who really knows here? I love that you know, we can bounce ideas back and forth off of each other. And we may lean one way or another, but we'll never have a definitive answer as to you know who the good guys here are who the bad guys here are and and i really really like that that this movie is kind of an exercise in um in thought yeah there's there that's the thing this movie is more of a thought exercise than i think anything that we've seen that we've seen Shyamalan do until this mm-hmm. point. Uh, Certainly. There was uh, there was a movie that came out, oh man, I don't know, six, seven years ago, um, called The Killing of the Sacred Deer that, that, had, yeah. uh, that had vibes like this, mm-hmm. where when it was over, you were just kind of left scratching your head going, wait, but what about, and you know, and you're, you're just, it, it, it has that feel to it where there's, you could, this, the other thing about this movie that's that's so great is you know there are there are there are definites when it comes to arguing politics right like mm-hmm. i you, you can believe whatever you want unless that one of your beliefs is that a certain group of people shouldn't exist okay now you're right. drawn a line yeah right but if if you stay in that middle ground there's there's an idea here where this movie approaches storytelling that way where you could find somebody who agrees with one side who somebody who agrees with the other and you can argue and and never you can both make great points and not change anybody's mind mm-hmm. and and you can and you can do it in, in in with civil discourse and and so there there there's an idea here that this movie is thought provoking in a way that politics should be Right. Without the extremes of everything. And yes, what these people ended up doing was extreme, but they made it very clear that it had nothing to do about what type of relationship they had and that they were going to sacrifice themselves because they had to. And and they were they were just that bought in. And so you can. Yeah, you're right. I don't I don't know who the good guys were, because if the knockers were right, then then the dads you could have just immediately saved so many people from the jump. And so the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few were the one. 
Exactly. And so, you know, that 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 idea of when does when does self-preservation become uh, become derogatory to the world, you know, and there's it's just there's this is you were saying I when I was saying about old, the more you peel it, the, the, the less sense it makes. This is the opposite of that. Yeah, this is absolutely one where you just sit and you go, oh, wait. But what? And I will say one thing. I definitely went back and and as soon as it was over, I went back and I rewatched the scene um, right before they make the, right before they say their first no. When you get that really great glare off the mirror, where yeah. eventually he becomes convinced he saw an image. So I went back and like frame by frame that to see if there was an image and and it's or, or like a figure. And it's wild because it seems like the type of moment where if you really want there to be one, I could see where the light was played in just such a way. I went back and saw it too. And then I was like, oh shit, maybe there was a figure. And then Mm -hmm. the next time I didn't quite see it. And I was like, oh my God, this is it, right? That's the thing. If you want to believe something and somebody is constantly telling you it's right, then it's something that maybe you can make yourself see. And before he even said he thought he saw a figure in that light, that scene stands out. You knew that there was something purposeful about mm-hmm. the way that glare is coming off the mirror. And it was it was so bizarre because, yes, I did feel like I saw a figure at one point going back through it. And I just and again, just masterful filmmaking in, in, in that one moment that it, it was Ah, yes, I, it was it was good. It was a good story, and I mean, yeah. it, there, there's just a lot to be said there. And 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 perspective is everything. You yeah, know, per- perspective is everything because depending on who your bias has you side with, um, you're immediately going to start drawing parallels between you know these characters and people that you know in your life, people that you see in the news. And it's not until you start pulling back some of these layers where you start seeing that there's valid points to be made for both of them. Right. Um, You know, like, for example, like I immediately gravitated um, or um, saw myself reflected in Daddy Andrew. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a more cold and logical person. Right. uh, Than uh, what was a Groff's uh, character? Uh, Daddy Eric. You know. And I don't see myself reflected at all in the knockers. So I, I immediately saw them as the villains and I saw uh, Andrew and Eric as the heroes. And, and I think that that's intentional. But as the movie went on, I continued to see myself more reflected in, uh, in, in Andrew. And he, he's saying things that I out of the gate agreed with, you know, like why are we going to sacrifice ourselves for a world that hates us? Right. And then when you, when you stop and you start thinking about that, it's like, but the world doesn't hate you. If you're looking at this limited view of the world and you're saying that's the world, there are people that hate you. Absolutely. There are, there are people that hate me. There's people that hate you, Daniel DeBona, you know? um, But when you look at that, as the world, it's easy to say, no, it's not worth sacrificing. But when you start opening up that perspective and saying, well, I mean, fuck, just within this 
four walls, our family, that's part of the world. So it can't be the whole world, yeah. you know, whole entire everything. Like those are, those are definitive words. Yeah. Eight billion is you know? a big number. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. I mean, by the numbers, there has to be other gay people that like <laughs> will, will agree with you right. in that the whole world hates them, you know? So um, it, it's, it's um, when you limit your worldview to that, you know, and, and I get that the bad is really easy to focus on, but when you make that your everything, you don't enjoy the rest of the world. And, yeah. and I, I get that this is coming from like the, the, the voice of a straight guy, you know, because I don't know that struggle. Right. Um, and, 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 and I, and I don't know what it's like to be hated for my sexuality, but I am a Latino. I, I, I kind of know what it's like to, to, to be hated for that, you know, um, not in Miami, but I, I was just in Boston, <laughs> you know, um, uh, and even in Miami, you know, bunch of self-loathers here. Uh, dude, I was about to say like Cubans, Cubans like immediately like, like, Feet touch soil, become Republican, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's the damnedest thing. I'll, 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 I I understand it, and I don't understand it. <laughs> but so, as, as, so we're talking. So we've started to make the transition here into um, Daddy Eric and Daddy Andrews. So when we uh, when we look at this movie, I mean, there's there's not a lot of people to talk about, right? There's mm -hmm. seven really characters. That we can really look at. So we've talked movies with economy of characters before, but this one, this one keeps it tight. So yeah. I, I mean, who stands out for you here? You know, um, if I had to pick one, I would say Dave Batista. Oh, without a doubt. Um, and he's one where the I, I think the the first thing I really saw him in was Guardians of the Galaxy. And he was hysterical in it. Yes. And I didn't really give him much credit for it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know big buff you know uh you know martial arts guy he's he, he can be funny i guess you know uh but then as more of those guardians movies came out and avengers movies came out i'm like oh, okay well you know yeah he, he can act and then i saw him in blade runner and i was like oh yeah a second this guy really can act and uh and and then he's in um glass onion and i'm like no no th this guy's like actually fun. that was that was the tipping point for me too was glass onion so like there is real talent there batista is a fantastic actor and i think he does a really really great job of selling this character who is 100 torn on what it is that he has to do what he what he has to do here is like anathema to who he is and that conflict i mean it's for me i i i saw it i bought it and um i i, I thought he was just fantastic i and, and somehow i believed that he was a teacher yeah you know and, and you look at him and you don't immediately think teacher Right. Because he's, he's a big hulking man. But I work with some people who are big <laughs> hulking dudes. And these are some of the sweetest men I've ever met in my life. And you're you would think, OK, well, I don't want to fuck with that guy. Right. Um, 
we 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 work with a guy that we call cell block because he <laughs> looks like he's like right out of the prison yard right and he's not he's never been to prison he's a big old teddy bear but he looks you know mean you know and 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 he's a good teacher and he reaches kids and and that's what i got from him i'm like i know you i work with you to me that's that that's fantastic acting there's yeah. there's good acting chops there so my introduction to batista was in you know wwe is just mm-hmm. just as a wrestler and so i'm used to seeing this guy in in very real and also exaggerated physical pain that's something that mm-hmm. I, that i'm very familiar with in batista's catalog what was amazing about his performance in this movie was his ability to convey torment Mm-hmm. with his face this guy looked tortured at every single thing that was going on he looked uh it, it what um what is it that what's what's the loki quote um and, and uh and i'm burdened with glorious purpose yeah right that was but it was it was the opposite of the way that Loki views it. You know, Loki Loki is using it as he revels as, in it. Yes, he revels yeah. in being burdened with it. This was a guy who was actually burdened with it. It weighed on every bit of his soul that he was the one chosen to do this. And yes, he outright said that sometimes, but from the very first time you meet him. When that scene that you were talking about with him and when, and he kind of they start off talking about the things they like and they're pl- they're plucking the flowers and and he immediately you just see it in his face when he's immediately like I just need you to know that the things that are going to happen are I I don't enjoy them this is not for me this is for the world and you know when when we knock you have to tell your dads to Mm -hmm. let us in and he knew that he was going to terrify that little girl when he said that and he knew that she is just this tiny girl and he is Bautista and his physical (laughs) presence was enough to terrify her and now he's talking in sphinx like riddles to a little girl and he knew she was going to be scared but in his head he knew what he had to do and all of that was portrayed on his face all the time, the scene where he comes out of the bathroom and he's got the gun and they said, well, you said you can't kill us. And he says, I won't, but I'll, I'll shoot you in the leg and you won't leave here. Mm-hmm. But he didn't take any pleasure in saying that he wasn't happy about having to maim one of them to make sure that just like, I, I have a free. job to do here. Yeah. He, I, I'm with you, right? It was Drax. It was like, all right. Yeah. Like big stoic warrior guy. Sure. That, that I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then it then it opens up a little bit more. And then, yeah, then you got to Glass Onion. It's like, man, this dude is funny as hell, too. Yeah. But this was the first time. Because even those scenes that are really dramatic with him in, in the Guardians movies and in the Avengers movies, because of the characters he's playing, there's only a certain level of drama that he can bring to that role. Mm-hmm. In this he told as much of the story with his face and his body language as, as he did with everything else. I, I was amazed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
there's really one more thing I want to talk about before we get to to our rating. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. There's there's a couple other characters. Oh, oh okay. So um the other one, for as short-lived as his time was, I did love uh um Ron Weasley, right? Rupert Grint as um as Redmond. And if nothing else, I loved it because Redmond was the anti-Ron Weasley. <laughs> and yeah. and and so it was. We for the short time that we get him, it was it was really interesting because he was he was so angry. I mean, to the point that when mm-hmm. when the when the when uh, Daddy Eric comes to the conclusion that they actually represented the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the the character trait that he puts upon Redman is malice, mm-hmm. and and that shows through his previous actions in the, in the years that preceded right. this. And it shows in his way that he treated this situation and all of that was fine. That was, that was fine acting. And I did enjoy, like I said, that that was just not Ron Weasley. And any, anytime you're attached to an eight movie franchise, you're going to spend a long time in your career, you know, outliving that role. Right. So he, he set that bar and I enjoyed that. But the moment when he becomes the first sacrifice, the absolute just terror, yeah, in his face. Like I, I was on the verge of crying for Redmond because he went from the hard ass of this group, who's like none of this matters. What it doesn't matter if they know who we are and we know who that. Blah 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 blah. And then, but when he kneels down and he grabs that white hood, he did he say, "I, I don't want to do this." Yeah, yeah. And 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 it was just and and that 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 switch flipped, mm-hmm. and it was like, man, this he's scared. He yeah. knows what's going to happen, and and he's scared. And and he goes from a guy who was more than willing to break in a door and force two people to kill themselves to a guy who was faced with his own mortality in that moment and he's scared mm-hmm. and 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 it just and it it there was there was such agony in Rupert Grit's face in that moment it was heartbreaking and this is a guy who we eventually finds out you know essentially gay bashed one mm-hmm. of these guys a couple years before who thought that the whole premise of getting to know them and being friendly about it was stupid he was always angry and then suddenly in that moment, it was like, no, 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 no. Don't do anything to him. He could change. He could be a better person, you know? And, and, and all of that went through me in that moment. I was, I was amazed at, at how quickly I went from can't stand this guy to just completely and totally sympathetic for his plight. And that's all thanks to Rupert Grant for just killing that role. Um, I don't know. For some reason, he didn't quite do it for me. Um. And I don't know if it's just that I dislike that kind of person. Right. Fair. And and so I disliked the character. I don't know if it's that I dislike the character or dislike the performance. Right. Um, I didn't hate it. I absolutely didn't hate it. Um, but I don't feel like he like, I, I, I did. I, I did feel something when he said, I, I, I don't want to do this. Right. Um, you know, I, I definitely saw that. Um, I didn't feel sorry for him. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, 
for me, if 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 we're if we're talking about a second character, it would definitely be um, Daddy Andrew. Uh, Andrew for me was the character that really resonated with me. Um, like I I I saw myself through his eyes, and um, and it was. I think I kind of do a lot of that in 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 my own life, where like something has to be shouted at me a million times before I'm like, oh, is that what you were trying to say? You know? Um, and, and, and... <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Why did you just say that from the beginning? I you feel know? like if you'd have just said that 20 minutes ago, we'd be... oh, you did say that 20 minutes ago? <laughs> all right, all right, I'm here with you, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I do feel like like that's like that's me. And, and, and I oftentimes do feel like someone is coming at me um, personally. Right. And and then it may not be personally, you know, uh, but I take things personally. And then I also go to extremes, you know, where like his his reaction after after being uh, after being beaten is to go out and buy a gun. Yeah. You know, it's not OK. Well, let me take some, you know, some self-defense classes. Let me learn some martial arts. It's like, you know, no, you uh, you look at me wrong. I'm going to shoot you. Right. Um, you know, and then he takes the gun with him everywhere. Um, you know. That is me. Not that I take my gun everywhere. I don't. It, you know, it stays locked in its box here at home. But I, that is me. If if you push me, I overreact. Right. And um, and and then it takes forever for me to see. Like, uh, you might have a point here. You know. Um. So I I I really liked it because for me that was a real character because it's me. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one one last thing before we get to our rating, um, the kind of terror in this movie, the kind of the kind of fright in this movie, is very Shyamalan. Yes, but it's also, I think, a little bit more horror than we normally get from him. So, um, what what do you think about this brand of horror in here? And so, this is where this movie becomes a sticking point for me because I've, I go, I go, I go back and forth with this, with, with how scary was this? I mean, there are, there are some, there's, there's like one obvious jump scare, the scene where he, where he shoots into the shower curtain and you're, you're, you're still not sure yeah. if Bautista's in there. Okay. Yeah. That one aside, right. That's, that's okay. There's your jump scare. Cool. You got it. There's a lot to be taken away from this movie. That's, that's just kind of so, uh, just unconsciously scary. Mm-hmm. The the look of those weapons that are obviously just homemade, but also really high quality homemade. Yeah. So so you <laughs> so you know like okay, well, obviously Bautista just attached a pitchfork to an axe, but he did like a really great job with it. You know. <laughs> And so, so some of those, and you're things, not doing arts and crafts so much in second right. grade anymore. There's, you know, it's it's not it's not just it's not just duct taped around there. Like there was there was some some welding work done. There. Yeah, them's is not pipe cleaners. <laughs> but the the terror here comes in at the at the at the real world level, mm-hmm. at the idea that there that there could be people out there who could meet on a message board. And become so convinced of something that that they would murder people, mm-hmm. uh, and there's 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 plenty of tension 
that that keeps that keeps that fresh on your mind but the idea that that you could that that four people could just come together and decide that they have the responsibility of saving the world even if it means killing themselves like there's a level of fanaticism there that's unheard of i mean there are there are plenty of these people who are who are you know yeah i I don't care that i went to jail because i stormed the capitol it was the right thing to do you know i don't care that i don't care that that i that i'm going to jail because i shot up a pizza joint i had to the email said so right but blowing up a um you know an abortion clinic you know that sort of thing and and that's a level that that's that is a that is already a frightening level of fanaticism Mm -hmm. but the idea of of i have to be right i have to be right because if i'm not i'm gonna save the whole world and if you don't agree with me then then the then not only do I have to kill myself, but when I do, I'm going to unleash a plague on the world and I'm still doing it. That is a horrifying level of just bizarre thought. Mm-hmm. And like I said, to the point that it takes, it takes one level. Or I mean, it's a very high level, but it takes one level of, of fanaticism to kneel down in front of people that you know are going to kill you. It takes a whole different level to take a dagger to your own throat because it's what your dream told you to do. Yeah. And so everything about this movie felt so real that that, that level of just, I don't even know, like, if jingoistic is the right word. I know that usually refers like nationalism, but it, yeah. it, it's referring to their to their belief system. But that that level of thought that goes into that, it it just it seems so outlandish. But everything else in this movie is so grounded that you that it that it feels real, and that's scary. I I agree a hundred percent. And and I don't think you're you're too far off with with the jingoism thing because I I do think that that is exactly the thing that this movie's commenting on. It's it's supposed to be I think about that you know let's storm the Capitol you know January six crowd, um at, at least that part of the movie right. So um, I think that's why it's so scary. Because um, in the same way that I'll never forget where I was on September 11th when I first heard about, um, you know, the, the first plane hitting the tower. Right. Or where I was when the second plane hit the tower. Or when the first tower fell. You know, that's the kind of thing that happened on January 6th. Yeah, I'll never forget where I was, what I was doing, what I stopped doing so that my students and I could watch the news. I remember. So uh, if you're new, if you're new to the podcast, you may not know Dave and I used to do a different one called uh, Mount Geek more together. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to record that night. And like as a group made the conscious decision, it was like, this is not the night to go on the Internet and be funny. Like this is a monumental thing. 
And so we actually we canceled recording that night. Yeah. And we were never funny again. No, we weren't. We weren't. <laughs> Piece of a story um, that day. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that is exactly what it was frightening for me because be, because of a couple of reasons. One, because I really didn't know what the outcome of that altercation was going to be. Right. And 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 two, because no matter what the outcome of that altercation was going to be. It was not going to be the end of it. Right. And because we we live in a world where the the man who started that is still running for president and not just running for president, but is the front runner of his party. While also being the first president to <laughs> to be actually like brought up on charges. Right. Yeah. 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 See, you know, I um for me, living in this country is actually frightening. And I love I love America. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not one of these guys who hates this country. Um you know that guy doesn't exist. All right. That guy's on that you're being sold an image of someone on right. the news. All right. Uh my parents came to this country with absolutely nothing. Uh, my grandparents came to this country with nothing, and and it was America that allowed them to be successful. They would not have been in Cuba, all right? Um, so I love this place, but I'm terrified of what I see. And I, I have a retirement plan that is right. 20 years in the future, not here. And it's a retirement plan that every time I turn on the news, I think I might have to escalate that that number it might not be 20 years it might be 15 might be 10 i don't know and to me that's terrifying because i love the life that i've built here and if that can be taken away because of nationalism if that can be taken away because fuck nationalism because it has nothing to do with country right that's that's just that's the veneer that's on tribalism right yeah you know it's the head on the top of your beer i'm talking about you know the actual goodness under there right or in this case badness right right? like it, it it simply has to do with here's something that you believe now go do it yeah and 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 it's for me it's frightening it's frightening in a way that's um the same reason why something like Dawn of the Dead is frightening or Day of the Dead is frightening. And it's not because of the zombies and it's not because of the gore. It's because of what it's saying. And I think that this movie has a lot to say. And it's why, for me, it's nothing like The Happening. Even though I wasn't surprised by the twist in The Happening and I wasn't surprised by the twist here. For me, it's because there's something to say here. Yeah. And dude, I agree completely. There's, It's just... As you as, as as you watch, I think so. I something I don't do often, but I do occasionally when I know a movie is real divisive, is I will kind of go online and I will see why people like or don't like it. You know, this mm-hmm. this movie I think is sitting in the mid sixties on Rotten Tomatoes. So you know, take that from that mm-hmm. what you will. Um, but uh, but you know, one like that, it's like okay, this is going to have some some bad ones, and the the common thread between the bad ones seems to be people who missed that idea Mm. is the fact that there's a level of realism, extremist realism, but realism to be found 
within the story being told in this movie that 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 element of the movie seems to be lost on uh, on a good number of people who were just who were just let's face it who are always hoping that the man's going to make another six cents all right it's been Mm -hmm. it's been what 24 years like okay we get what and the thing is why would he right he already did it and he did it perfectly yeah so and move on yeah it's these these are the you know it, it, you you and I are big music guys and you mm-hmm. you always run into that well it's different than it used to be yeah people, absolutely people is. grow and yeah. they change and yeah Dookie's a great album but it doesn't make American Idiot not a great album just because right. it was something just because it had something to say and didn't have an entire song about jerking off you know like <laughs> it's it's a good it's, song though uh, it's a great song. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's it, it it's okay to evolve in, in what you do as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the people who say, man, you've changed, like it's a bad thing. I, I'll never understand that. I'll never understand the concept of, of man, you've changed as being a derogatory comment. Yeah, I have. Like, I'm, I'm almost 40 now. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> and, you know, and so, yeah, Shyamalan's going out there and, and with this movie and, and he's, he's doing the damn thing. He's saying, look, here's this side of it. Here's this side of it. And here's where both of them can go terribly wrong. And yeah, maybe one of them is going to save the world and, and maybe they're not. And yeah, maybe, maybe in 2020 when the world was completely upside down and, and nothing felt right. Sure. Maybe it was all connected or, you know, maybe you, maybe you found a through line that works for you and that's okay. And, and he presented all of this in, in a hundred minutes. Mm-hmm. He just laid all of it out there in a way that was a bold undertaking. And like I said, I've read the cabin at the end of the world and, and it did not, it did not give me that same fright that this movie did. It did not, it did not instill in me this idea that this could happen, right? The cabin at the end of the world always felt always felt like fiction which is fine it it is a very good book this movie didn't always feel like fiction and Mm -hmm. that is when it starts to get really really scary and like you said there there are plenty of movies where where that's where no matter how extreme or crazy it gets there are there are plenty of movies where you go let me tell you about what the scariest part was. And it, it wasn't yet. You know, like you said, it wasn't the zombies. It wasn't the knockers. It it was, it was what drove, what motivated people. It was the, the scares weren't in jumping out from behind a shower curtain. The scares were in the lengths to which people would go. And I think that you're right. I think that because of that, I think that this is truly the, the heaviest, that uh, that Shyamalan has decided to mess with the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get to it. It's yeah. about that time. <laughs> That's it. That's what we yeah. got. <laughs> we we do so, just just for anybody listening, wondering why this got so awkward. You're doing even odd, an even odd thing, and I threw it off a little while ago. So now we're stuck. So. <laughs> This is the part in the show where we're going to rate the movie. Now, if you're new to the show, if you just need a quick reminder, when we rate a movie, we only compare it to itself. So, no, we are not going to compare this movie to what we would say The Sixth Sense gets. We're not even going to compare it to how we think it stacks up against the cabinet at the end of the world. We are just looking at 
knock at the cabin. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, every movie that we rate, we create a unique rating system. And there's one that's just got to be for this movie because whether or not they're real, whether or not they happened because or not because of what this family did, there were plagues in this mm-hmm. movie. And a very interesting look at creating a scientific reason for a biblical saying mm-hmm. so out of a possible five plagues dave what do you give knock at the cabin um you know i've been back and forth on this and i i can't find enough to fault it to knock it down to what i initially thought i was gonna give it um i'm gonna go four because okay. yeah when you start to tear apart the movie you know um there's little things here and there, you know, um, like why, why did these people find each other in the first place? You right. Know? Um, you know, what was it that actually happened between Redmond slash O'Bannon and, you know, uh, these guys, did he influence them? Like there's, there's a whole bunch of loose ends here that are never tied up. And I don't think you're supposed to pull at them. Right. It's not that kind of movie. And I'm okay with that, um, but I but but it does leave me with questions unanswered, and so I can't give it five stars, no matter how much I like the movie, because because the, those questions are nagging, right. and um, I don't know when I'm gonna get back to watch this again. I'm sure I will at some point because I do like Shyamalan enough to to sit down and watch the stuff I like occasionally. Um, but I think that there's such great camera work. There's such great tension here. There's, there's such great acting, uh, and there's, there's, there's really good scenes. Like you can, you can look at any one of these scenes out of context and study them for, uh, for editing, for camera work, for acting, for lighting, the lighting in this movie is fantastic. So good. Um, you know, I, I, I really do think there's a lot to like in this movie. This is one of those Shyamalan movies that I would recommend to people. In fact, this morning I had a couple of people at work asking like, Hey, when's the next you know podcast episode going to come out? What's it going to be? And I told them, well, we're doing this one. And they were like, Oh really? What'd you think? And I told them I liked it and you should probably watch it. <laughs> Right. So uh, so I know that I'm going to recommend this to people because I already have. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you, man. I, I'm going to I'm going to sit at four plagues on this one. Nice. It's uh, there's you're right. There's there's we've we this movie is good enough that we have spent the entire episode talking about what's good about it. Yeah. And and we but the, there there are there are some downsides because, yeah, the Redmond O'Bannon story is left just leaves you just questioning just enough Mm -hmm. and like i said i i compared some of the loose ends here to lost early on where yeah yeah they're still out there but the ones that mattered got tied up and i and and i can't i'm not going to sit here and focus on the ones that that don't matter as much i am going to focus on the good that is to be had here and i think that I think that when you look at the performances that we were given, when you look at the story that is presented, uh, I mean, just some of the, I I love the way that this movie is constant. A a part of the story for this movie is battling against the story of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that's like a main part of the story Mm -hmm. is that maybe the story's bullshit. Right. And that's, 
that's great. And when it's over, you still don't know if the story was bullshit or not. Because in the event that planes just started crashing one day, there, there could be some sort of way to figure out how to stop it from happening in the same day. Lightning storms come and go very quickly. You know, these uh, tsunamis, yeah. ha- tsunamis happen and then they're over. There are reasons why these things could be ending as quickly as they did. But then there's also that nagging suspicion that what if Eric and Andrew saved the world? And so you don't need to pull at those things too long to just understand that, like I said at the very top, the twist of this story may be that from the very first word out of Bautista's mouth, everything was exactly the way it was presented to us. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. And I am great with that. And by yet, like you said, not, not a perfect movie, but definitely one I'm going to tell people to go out there and watch because it it was, it was good. And I, yeah, I'm going to watch it again eventually because I just enjoyed it. It was, it, it was, it was a thought experiment. It was a beautiful movie. It was, one of the things when we talked about the scares, there's a use of blood in this movie where they do this amazing thing where they kind of, they, they, they don't show you some of the things that you expect to see in a horror Mm -hmm. movie. You don't actually see the weapon plow into Rupert Grint's head, but you hear it. Yeah. It don't sound good, but, and then you just see the blood run down. There's the, 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 the violence in this movie for a movie that is extraordinarily violent. Uh, I, I mean, you're talking about a movie with six characters, uh, or, excuse me, with seven characters, and only two of them survive. Mm-hmm. This movie is violent, but not much of that violence plays out, at least as the focus of a scene. And and so, you know, there there are times when when we do this and we watch these movies so much, you become so desensitized to stuff that we start to enjoy those scenes. You know, you start to enjoy, oh, let's see what they do. So what does Shyamalan do? He subverts that. I don't need to show you what an axe going into a head looks like, but you you know that. You, you, you've got an idea for that. But now you know what happened, and you know that it was violent, and you know that it was brutal. And there was, there was an underuse of gore and blood in this movie. And also when we were talking about the acting, the, from all of the knockers, the way that they all react every time one of them has to die is uh, like the, the pain in their faces anytime they have to cause any sort of pain to each other, to, to, to the dads. It's so good. There, there are way more positives than negatives to this movie, but there are enough negatives to dock a, a plague. So yeah. Yeah. Before. There you go. As many plagues as we saw in knock at the cabin, which we've got four. There's a, yep. there's a consensus. There you go. So four plagues. Thank you so much to everyone who uh, who who sat sat with us for uh, for the entire hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, at least that's what the timer here is saying. I find that sometimes it's off. Yeah, I don't know how, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's what happens Jeremy when uh, when someone but the Swiss start keeping time. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and and thank you to Ish for popping in and um, and hanging out with us for a little while. 
um stay tuned for uh for what we're doing uh soon uh because for those you keeping track we are on episode 93 yes uh that means that we are seven if i'm doing my uh my math correctly uh that seems accurate to me as well uh i I can use round numbers um (laughs) (laughs) uh we're seven away from episode 100 so we're 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 planning a little something hopefully it works out the way that we're thinking and um and it should be pretty fun i think uh yeah we we definitely have some fun planned for that uh and so if you are interested in keeping up with this as a show make sure you head to shiverpod.com where you can find links to all of our social media we are on instagram facebook twitter and youtube we are all of those places at shiverpod and like i said you head to shiverpod.com you'll find links to all of those we do most of our interacting on instagram that's where we've managed to find some people uh who have reached out to us we've made some friends of the show uh, mm-hmm. who have been on i mean we've done some great things if you missed last week's episode please make sure you go back and check it out on youtube uh or check it out wherever you get your podcast we had nakia day on uh to do the town that dreaded sundown uh promoting her movie still chosen by random uh the trailer's out there it looks great she was a fantastic guest so if you skip that episode because it wasn't me and dave go back and check it out nakia was great get out there and support her uh we keep doing the thing. Um, we've uh, we've had some uh, 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 keep an eye out on our Instagram. We're going to have a link up soon to a short film that Mr. Grasso from uh, Mutilator 2, who was on our mm. episode, did and reached out to us about. So make sure you check that out. And thank merch. you. Guys new merch soon. New merch soon. I know we've been saying it for a little yeah. while now, but we've, we've got almost a final draft on the art. And uh, it's it's looking great. It's going to be awesome. It so, is. Yes, make yeah. sure you check that out. We'll get all of that set up. But thank you guys for all the support. So on behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much. <laughs> <laughs>